following program is pre-recorded. Welcome to Hope in the Night, late night talk radio offering biblical hope and practical help and on the air now for over 25 years. I'm Jeff Oliver here with author and speaker June Hunt. June, as you share the uh, testimonies of people who have written in and talked about the, the impact that uh, your ministry, that uh, I'll say our ministry, has had on uh, on people's lives, and it's all over the place. And from, uh, I love the ones that where people are are distributing, giving out our mm-hmm. materials, either on their front porch or with a friend, or you know, just uh, um, they're able to to spread the word there and help others yes. by our materials there. So, what kind of stories or uh, comments do you have from people about uh, you know how how we've helped them? Well, I, I, I'm looking at one. I'm not sure we how they have helped others, but let's see. While at work, I've just read the first one. While at work, I turned the radio to a Christian station for the first time in many months. I say this because I believe God encouraged me to listen to your program. The person you described on today's broadcast, suspicious and untrusting, critical, degrading, fault-finding and angry, angry at actual or perceived emotional offenses. That's me. (laughs) I'm that person. I have been angry for a very long time, and I'm not exactly sure why. I thank God that he prompted me to turn on my office radio today for your ministry and for his wisdom as spoken through you. Mm. That's good. Wow. <clears throat> you know, sometimes it's just presenting certain truths and God will use that like salve uh, to to soften a person's heart and that's just the beginning of his work in that person's life. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, by the way, as you listen, if you would just pray for the listeners those that need help and hope, because sometimes it will be the first time they will have heard any message of redemption, of grace, of of the mercy that they need from God and His role in their lives. Uh, well, here's one. Uh, let's see. It's from Georgetown. Um, I've been listening to you every weeknight for years. No, for four years. Thank you for all you do. Your counsel on codependency, balancing an unbalanced relationship, has helped me learn to turn it all over to God. Because of you, I have gone on to get my degree in biblical counseling, hmm. and I'm enrolled in seminary. Wow. Okay. <clears throat> this is from Philadelphia. I've called a couple of times seeking biblical counseling from June. I have a friend who keeps borrowing money from me because she can't live within her means. Even though she pays the money back, within a short time she's broke again calling me. When I balk at lending her money, she puts on oh, she puts a guilt trip on me. Mm-hmm. I was listening to your program tonight. June counseled a mother who was having a similar problem. I found June's counseling with this woman to be immensely helpful. Well, thank you from Philadelphia. I'm so grateful. Uh, 
I, this is, uh, thank you very much. You and your ministry have saved my life and my family during the most challenging times with counsel, prayer, radio programs, during sleepless nights of worry, and your priceless seminars right here in Plano, Texas. <laughs> mm. Thank you so much for sharing your heart and God-given gifts to so many souls. I'm blessed with these words. June, I've grown tremendously from the way you speak with callers. Our habits and pain have roots. Your method of engagement gets right down to the roots so the actual issues can be brought into the light and snatched up. Thank you for taking the time to hear people and mostly to hear from the Holy Spirit as you counsel others. By the way, I do pray. I, I pray that I will receive God's counsel that he would counsel me as I counsel others. And I think that's vital. I don't want it to be just dependent on what I might think. Uh, this is from Los Angeles. June, your affirmations in Seeing Yourself Through God's Eyes, that's a book, our 31-day devotional, was a contributing factor oh, to my being saved. <laughs> hmm. How thoughtful. Uh, thank you so much for allowing yourself to be used by God to help us all. I listen to you on KKLA. Uh, this is from Houston. I find myself thinking silently as I go about my day. How would June handle this trial? This keeps me God-centered. Well, sometimes I wonder how I am going <laughs> to handle right. this trial. It's, uh, you, you and me both. Here's another one. Uh, I'm in a prison cell. Your talk on forgiveness helped me to lose a big burden of bitterness and resentment. God has used my time in prison to teach me His Word and transform my heart and my mind. By the way, our prison ministry, I mean, it apparently is going to be expanding quite a bit more. Prisoners are listening to our radio program, and then at times I go, and I, I love speaking with those who are incarcerated, those who are behind closed doors, and I've said to some of them, some of you are freer than those walking around because you are free in Christ. It's been 20 years since June Hunt was first called into international ministry through the translating of our Keys for Living into the Russian language. The Lord has refined our focus in recent years to partnership with ministry leaders in key global regions whose reach is expanding to international training events, radio programming, and impact across borders that only indigenous leaders could cross. God is multiplying hope through the translated Keys for Living and the globally relevant counseling model of June Hunt that you have come to understand as a valued listener of Hope in the Night. When you support our Hope for the Heart International Ministry, you give directly to men and women who are giving their lives to equip and empower the church in their regions for the Lord's kingdom. Come with us around the world to share the hope of Christ. Visit us online at hopefortheheart.org forward slash international. 
Would you like to talk to June Hunt about a situation in your life? Consider having that conversation on a future broadcast of Hope in the Night and let June help you discover practical help that's grounded in God's truth. Your story will be heard on all of our radio affiliates. And of course, we protect your privacy by providing you with a different name. And as it happens often in our program, when you share your story, you might help someone else find biblical hope and practical help for their lives. It's ministry multiplied. For an opportunity to talk with June Hunt on Hope in the Night about an issue, a hurt, a relationship, or some other concern in your life, call 800-917. That's 800-644-4817. And remember, there are no hopeless situations, only people who have grown hopeless. There really are biblical solutions for all of life's struggles. Don't wait. Call tonight. 800-917. 800-644-4817. Welcome back. I'm Jeff Oliver, and you are listening to Hope in the Night. We're a ministry of hope for the heart. We'd like to thank you for your prayers and support of our ministry. I'll tell you how to donate to the ministry in just a moment. If you have any questions or concerns about the resources, we uh, talk about topics that we have here on the program. Uh, You can call customer support at 800-488-HOPE. They're available Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. They'd be happy to help you get the right resources into your hands, whatever would help you the most, or maybe as you help someone else and can put some materials in their hands. I want to recommend one of our resources. It is uh, something that might help you as you get into the new year and you think about uh, looking into a daily routine of devotion and reading into your Bible that we have a devotional called uh, the called Seeing Yourself Through God's Eyes. It's a 31-day interactive devotional written by June Hunt, and it really covers uh, that, that uh, you know, you need to view yourself as uh, as God sees you, because that has a profound effect on your everyday living. Uh, how well you know your true identity as a child of Christ is going to pretty much dictate how you live life. And so this is a 31-day devotional, Seeing Yourself Through God's Eyes. Customer support is available at 800-488-HOPE, 800-488-4673, and you can ask for that by name. You know, we are a crowdfunded mission. Hope for the Heart exists because of the financial support of those of you who listen. I would encourage you to uh, go ahead and send a gift here in the last days of the year. Actually, most of our giving each year comes in the final weeks of the year. That's what fuels what we do next year, to keep doing what we do and to do even more, because we give a lot of content away, whether it's through the website, resources we send to each night's caller, podcast conferences, so much there because we want to reach as many people as possible with biblical hope and practical help. Two ways to do that, hopefortheheart.org slash donate or call 800 488 Hope. That's 800-488-HOPE. Let's get to our caller for tonight, and we welcome Marie. Well, hello, Marie. Welcome to Hope. Hi, June. Hi. How can we help you? Well, I don't know where to start. (laughs) Um, Well, what would you like for us to talk about? I guess... um, my main problem would be that uh, I think that I've been um, neglected when I was young, and mm-hmm. I think it's affected my whole life. And mm-hmm. I'm, um, I'm, I'm, 
almost 60 now. And mm-hmm. as I'm looking back, I feel like um, I feel like I haven't um, accomplished anything, even though I had potential. I feel like very lonely. I feel like I haven't made any real friends, and I feel like I've just lived, um, like survived. And mm-hmm. I even think I have um, the problem where you kind of look at your life sometimes and you feel like you feel like um, you're looking at it like it's a dream or that it's something mm. that's not real or that you almost like you wake up and you can't believe you're there. Like, I don't mean mm. like just metaphorically, but I mean literally you feel like you suddenly just feel like you wake up and like maybe from my childhood and I look around and nothing really seems real and I feel very, very scared. And, um, it just feels like it, I don't, I don't, I don't have a life. It's really hard to explain. (laughs) And I think I have a lot of trust issues, which I didn't realize I had before. And, um, it affects, it affects every everything. Hmm. When you say scared, what would scare you? What is scary to you? Well, um, I wake up in the morning a lot of times and I have this really terrifying feeling. And it's a feeling and it's hard for me to place what it means. And I, I started it in college like 40 years ago. And mm-hmm. I didn't know what it was, and I had to think really, really hard, like, why would I feel this way, and what? When would mm-hmm. I feel this way? When would a person feel this way? And the only thing I could think of was it felt like everyone I ever knew had been on a plane, and they all died. And I had to get up and go to class and act like nothing happened. And so what I generally, when I kind of, have this sudden startle feeling, it mm-hmm. feels like the same thing like I feel in the morning when I wake up. It feels like um, horrible, maybe it's almost like a horrible grief, and it feels like everyone left and they all went somewhere, like they all went on vacation forever, mm-hmm. and they left me. <laughs> and I feel like a little child. And, you know, I'm, I'm almost 60 years old, and um, I think I've lived part of my life like a child, and, and I've, you know, I've worked, but I, I had tons of potential, and I worked in low-income jobs. Um, I, I went to church, but I never really felt like I fit in. And um, I just always feel like everything is gruelingly hard for me. And then so I ended up with depression when I was young, then it ended up going into pretty bad anxiety, then I got control of that with cognitive behavioral, but it's still not gone. And then now I feel a lot of anger. Like, I used to be a person people walked on, and mm-hmm. people would tell me, oh, you're, you're, you're too nice, you're... You're, you let people walk on you, and now I am shocked at how angry I am, hmm. and um, and it really concerns me too because I feel like I haven't been um, 
an effective Christian. I feel like because all I've been doing is struggling and surviving, and I have helped people, so I know I haven't done mm-hmm. nothing, but mm-hmm. I don't really feel like I've like I've spent my life doing something God would want me to do, and I, I feel also like, um, and now I lost my train of thought, sorry. Um, I feel like I can't love people, like, I, I know God says to love your enemies, and I struggle. And, and, and in some ways I can do it, but in other ways I feel so angry, I feel mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm failing. When did you start to feel the anger? Um, I think the worst of it, when I was a child, I remember getting angry at my mother, and she she drank and really mm. badly. My father died when I was three, and he was a really wonderful man, everyone said, but he died in, in a car accident in the military. And then mm. my mom started drinking, and she got so bad that it was like, um, it was like as a child I felt upset because she wasn't taking care of things. And I remember being really angry with her, but it was only like episodic. Um, mm-hmm. And then I kind of I kind of, um, I kind of just, instead of being angry and aggressive with people, I ended up being a people pleaser. And, mm-hmm. and mostly I was like that until I married my husband. And when I married my husband, it was a really bad mistake because um, I, like I said, I, I had trouble fitting in. I couldn't find a, um, a, a Christian man who... I couldn't find one anywhere. I don't know if I'm just not good at finding people or if there aren't very many, but I ended up doing a really dumb thing and marrying a man who wasn't a Christian. Mm-hmm. And then supposedly he became a Christian, but he really, I don't know if he ever did, but he was all a very angry, bully-type person. Mm, and wow. he um, he did some pretty mean almost cruel things to me, and I ended up feeling more and more and more angry. And after about, about, I was his third wife and the other two left. And after about, after 15 years, I just told him I wanted to separate. And mm-hmm. I tried to be like the Christian thing where I was going to separate to always give God a, a chance to work it out. But once I said I wanted to separate, he wanted to divorce, which was okay with me because he was Mm. making the choice. But after him, and um, then after trying to get help for how I felt and not really getting um, anything that seemed useful enough, I think I just... I think it's after too many different... um, Too many different people had... um, disappointed me or or let me down and definitely after him but I think that's what kind of made me finally start to start to think about all the things that had happened and and I felt like I was powerless and I didn't want to feel like that anymore and I wanted Mm -hmm. to stand up for myself but I didn't know how to do it without being angry. It just, like, just kind of comes out. 
mm-hmm. as a reaction, as if as if it's all the people who ever hurt me before, you know, in in any small episode. Wow. Yeah. You know, when you mentioned uh, feeling like <laughs> people would just walk all over you, I've just turned around. I, I've I've uh, temporarily I'm doing this program from my home and I have I bought a um, rug it's it's one of these rugs that are about you know 14 by maybe 2 feet and and it says on the top of it I mean you it has letters everyone walks all over me of course it's a rug and people uh-huh. look at that and they and they just start laughing because they do walk over rugs now that's fine for a rug it, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel fine for you and me. Everyone, everyone walks all over me, and and you know, I I um, I really sincerely used to feel that way because I too was a people pleaser, and I didn't know what else to do. In fact, I felt powerless. So many things that you said. I mean, amazingly, the a lot of the feelings that I certainly had and um and i can revert back to that it at times very much uh, thinking about <clears throat> childhood and uh growing up and uh but we had we had you and i have different scenarios but i just want you to know i i understand a lot of what you said personally and the word survive you know that's good that you survived because some don't. But that's true. What, what we want to do, and you'll identify with this, you don't want to just survive. You want to thrive. There's a difference. I mean, I mean, sometimes it's, it is a huge accomplishment to survive. And as I've listened to your story, I, I don't have a problem with connecting the dots for why you feel much of what you feel like. I'm talking about, here you have a dad that's killed in an automobile accident. And as a result, your mom, her coping mechanism was drinking. And you felt abandoned. So you lost two significant, the two most significant people in childhood, that's huge. That's huge. June Hunt and the Ministry of Hope for the Heart have an exciting new resource to encourage you and equip you to help others. It's called the Care and Counsel Library, and it's available at hopefortheheart.org ccl. The Care and Counsel Library has 50 topics in 10 volumes with clear answers from God's Word and practical solutions to real-life issues. It is the culmination of decades of ministry from the compassionate, relevant guidance of June Hunt. This library includes volumes such as Grief and Loss, Abuse and Trauma, Depression and Suicide, and more. These are excellent training tools for counselors, life coaches, or anyone who wants to grow in biblical wisdom to address the real issues of life. Learn more and get the Care and Counsel Library at hopefortheheart.org ccl. That's hopefortheheart.org 
slash ccl. If you're looking for a place to find encouragement and guidance, check out junehunt.org. That's where you can find June's practical, biblical resources, including June's books and Bible studies on a variety of topics like anger, depression, forgiveness, addictions, relationships, and more. June's resources offer biblical hope and practical help for all of life's challenges. They are great for personal study and growth and equipping you to help others. At junehunt.org, you can also find June's music, her translated books in Spanish, and keep up with all the latest news and interviews with June. And if you've missed an airing of Hope in the Night, you can access the broadcast archives from this site and search for specific topics. At junehunt.org, there's also a place to donate and support us financially to help more people find practical guidance from God's Word through our radio broadcasts, biblical resources, and more. We're grateful for your prayers and support, and we hope you'll check out the resources for you at junehunt.org. listening to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. I'm Jeff Oliver, and we'll get back to our caller in just a moment. If you have any questions about tonight's topic or any number of topics, we have over 100 keys for living that will help you to address what's happening in your life. We'd like to uh, talk to you about that. Just talk to customer support at 800-488-HOPE. And they're available Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. You can talk to them about the situation you're dealing with and how you might uh, find some resources on our website, or maybe we can send something to you. You can have it there in your hands to look at and and to uh, research and really look into what the Bible says, what God's thought is on your situation. The number again for customer support is 800-488-HOPE, and you might ask for the keys for living on purpose in life. It's called pinpointing your priorities, and customer support n- number is 800 800- 488-HOPE, 800-488-4673. Also check out our website, that's hopefortheheart.org slash store. There you'll find uh, several areas, the updated keys for living that are being added to monthly. You'll find uh, the newly designed keys that are uh, resources that just provide biblical hope and practical help on a variety of topics. They're really thorough treatments of any one particular topic. We have uh, stress, anxiety, fear, abuse, marriage, parenting, and so many more resources there. And again, new topics being added monthly. And you will find also our video-based training program there at the website. It's called Lifeline to Hope. That's a 10-session lay caregiving training course designed to equip church members and lay leaders to become biblical caregivers. Lifeline to Hope is such a uh, helpful tool for pastors and churches looking to start or grow a care ministry in their church. Also on the website, you'll find a place called June's Place. That's a curated bookstore with June's books, Bible studies, and other resources she's done in partnership with various publishers over the year, years. It's all, called, uh, it's all at hopefortheheart.org slash store. Let's return to tonight's conversation now with Marie. Well, Marie, as I listened to you, you began with these words, I think I've been neglected when I was young. Let me just say, anyone who grows up in an alcoholic home, when alcohol is prioritized, or I'll say it this way, when someone is an addict, that means that person prioritizes what they're addicted to 
over everything else, over every relationship, over every responsibility. That is what is most important. And you mentioned after your dad died, and how old were you when he died? I was three when he died, and then I was 11 when I went to live with my sister and brother-in-law, who were in, and I never grew up with them. Um, I never did, I never grew up with her. She was my father's daughter with his first wife, and his first wife died of a brain tumor, but Mm -hmm. I went to live with them because they were concerned about me, and that's where I got to go to church, and in a lot of ways, it was a wonderful thing. But in another way, it was another extreme disappointment because even though they were fun and went to church all the time and did youth Mm -hmm. group, the problem was they never really, I think they never really knew how to show affection or love. I can't remember. Mm -hmm. I mean, they've never hugged me Mm -hmm. in the whole time. And when I, and they were workaholics. And so my brother-in-law loved sports, and that's all he did was coach. And I hardly had a relationship with him and my sister, who I adored, and I felt like I had a connection with her. The problem was she had told me years later, you know, I'm not good at communicating. And I don't, and she also, I think because she had lost her, she lost her father and her mother, I don't think she could ever really connect. And I realized as a young adult, my sister was, once she had me finished with me as a project, as a work project, you know, I mm-hmm. feel like mm-hmm. she didn't, um, she didn't, um, sh- she wasn't able to, to keep a connection with me when I really, really needed it as a young adult. And mm-hmm. that, that hurt me for years, and I finally just gave up. Um, so that was like a third loss, and it was almost a worse loss than the first two because they were, I thought they were there for me. They weren't alcoholics, but mm-hmm. they were they were only there for me in a practical way. Mm-hmm. Functional. Um, they, functional, mm-hmm. but we never yeah. sat down and talked. Um, I even remember my friend's parents laughing at me because I went to spend the night at my um, junior high friend's house, and I remember mm-hmm. saying to them, or I remember it because they laughed, I said, wow, you all talk. <laughs> and they laughed and laughed, and they never forgot it, and I remember thinking that because it wasn't because we didn't talk at my house, but we only talked about um, practical things, and it was... Mm-hmm mostly quiet, and no one had any fun. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you I know, think the, I kind of got stunted. Like, I don't think I socialized properly. I didn't. I've had to, like, force myself to learn mm-hmm. how, but it's never become normal for me, and I just thought I was shy. But I think it's, I think it's deeper than that. So when you said... Feel like I've, you know, it's like I've wakened up. Um, I'm like a person you said who people walk on, and yet it's like it's like you feel like 
you've awakened? Is it that you feel like you are beginning to connect dots that you hadn't seen before? Or um, I was wondering, um, okay, if you've awakened, what have you awakened to? You said, I feel like I'm waking up from a dream. <clears throat> so what is it like? Is it is it that you didn't see how the pieces fit before? And now you're seeing a complete picture. I'm, pro I'm posing several things for you to say. No, it's not that. But but okay. what? Tell me what what you think it is because you you talked first. I think I've been neglected, and you were. Uh, uh, my goodness, age three when your dad died, and then your mom. You 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 lost your dad, and you lost your mom, because then if she was an alcoholic, and just prioritized the drinking. Then you did lose her, and and so yes, uh, two major losses there, and then you described, uh, well, you, you talked about feeling lonely, um, and you but you said you hadn't accomplished anything, but but we'll come back to that. Did uh, you said I feel like I'm waking up from a dream? So what are you wa waking up to right now? Well, it's very strange, June, and, and this is where I finally, find, I finally decided maybe I had something. Well, I'd thought this for years. I had kind of like a PTSD, or I finally decided it was CPTSD, um, which is when ch children have trauma, from what I read mm -hmm. on the Internet. But it's, it's very strange. It's, I don't mean I'm cognitively waking up and looking back over it. I mean, I mm -hmm. literally feel like all and it's not it's not having two personalities but mm -hmm. that's the closest i can i mean i don't think i have multiple personalities but right. the closest i can tell you is i feel like the part of me that was alive and hopeful suddenly is here again because, and I'm not dead. Like I, I've, I've many yes. times felt like I was just dead, like I've been dead for years, and I didn't think that ever. I just started realizing that when I have these feelings, I feel like the part of me that my sister had told me that I went into a shell a couple times. Once was mm. before she came to live. I came to live with her when things were really bad and kind of dangerous. And also when she dropped me off at college. And mm. I think maybe at that time, I think part of me just shut down. Mm -hmm. And it, it, and it just feels like suddenly I'm the person that I was back then before mm. I shut down. And it, I mean, I really do feel like, I feel like maybe a child, but I feel like there's a, the part of me that used to be alive, like hopeful mm -hmm. or something, and I, I feel like I literally wake up. Like, if you, if you tomorrow would wake up in the morning in a house in another country, in a strange place, with strange people, and have no idea why you were mm -hmm. there... <laughs> Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. or who you belonged with and you couldn't leave it's it's like that 
only I'm just alone. I wake up completely alone in an empty house that I feel like is not my home. This isn't my neighborhood. Um, I don't, it almost feels like I don't know how I got here, and it's a sudden hmm. terror. Okay. All right. I hear you. And I do know that there are several things that are going to make a big difference. First of all, I'm going to ask you about your spiritual connection. Do you believe do, do you believe that God is real, first of all? I do, and I looked for God even when I lived with my mom when I was pretty young. I asked if I could go to church, and she said, mm. sure. And I walked to church by myself, but when I got mm. there... I felt silly because I didn't know what to do, <laughs> and I finally didn't keep going because, I, I mean, I was pretty young. It was like third, second or third grade. and So, um, so you had a hunger I, for God I, I, then. I did, and when mm -hmm. I went to live with my sister and brother-in-law, I still remember in Sunday school when I was 11, I raised my hand when she asked me, asked the group if, you know, if they wanted to be saved. And I remember at the time I didn't understand all of it, but mm -hmm. then I, I I understood enough, and then I understood mm -hmm. more of it later. And I really feel that because I am a Christian, it saved me because, honestly, I think I probably would not have. Mm -hmm. I probably would have ended my life at some point mm -hmm. because the feelings I have are so, they can be, so bad that you just have no hope. Yes. But because I'm a Christian, I feel obligated, I feel constrained, mm -hmm. because I feel that God, you know, would, I feel like I have to do what God wants, and I don't know that that would be what He would want me to do. Well, the good news is, you, the Bible says, if you seek me, you will find me. When you seek for me with all your heart, I will be found by you. So God knew your heart, and he had open arms for you. Jesus opens and welcomes you to him and into his family. And then the Bible says if you yield your will to his will, it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. And that's huge. It's been 20 years since June Hunt was first called into international ministry through the translating of our Keys for Living into the Russian language. The Lord has refined our focus in recent years to partnership with ministry leaders in key global regions whose reach is expanding to international training events, radio programming, and impact across borders that only indigenous leaders could cross. God is multiplying hope through the translated Keys for Living and the globally relevant counseling model of June Hunt that you have come to understand as a valued listener of Hope in the Night. When you support our Hope for the Heart international ministry, you give directly to men and women who are giving their lives to equip and empower the church in their regions for the Lord's kingdom. 
Come with us around the world to share the hope of Christ. Visit us online at hopefortheheart.org forward slash international. As we each solve the puzzle that is our life, we often have questions we can't answer. Usually they're little nagging questions, but sometimes they're larger. So large, in fact, the answer or even the question itself can have life-changing consequences. June Hunt believes the best answers to these tough questions come from God himself, and he's given us those answers in the Bible. For more than 20 years now, June has helped callers find these biblical answers and apply them to their lives. You can talk with June on her radio program, Hope in the Night, about an issue, a hurt, a relationship, or another concern in your life. Call 800-NIGHT-17. And remember, there are no hopeless situations, only people who have grown hopeless. There really are biblical solutions for all of life's struggles. Don't wait. Call now, 800-644-4817. You are listening to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. We're a ministry of hope for the heart, offering God's truth for today's problems. We exist because of your ongoing prayers and continued support of this ministry. We thank you for that. Our customer support team can be reached at 800-488-HOPE. They're available Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time, and they'll help guide you to God's hope through our resources. We're recommending tonight the keys for living called Purpose in Life, Pinpointing Your Priorities. Also, Loneliness, How to Be Alone But Not Lonely. Very helpful resources for you if you'd like to take a look at those or any other resources that that would be helpful for you on various topics. Just call customer support at 800 4 888-HOPE, 800-488-4673. Maybe there's something in your mind that you'd like to speak with June about on a, on a future broadcast of Hope in the Night. Just call us at 800-917, 800-NIGHT-17, and we'll talk to you about being on an upcoming Hope in the Night. We look forward to that conversation. Again, 800-Night-17, 800-644-4817. Back now to our conversation with Marie. Well, Marie, I know... I want to ask several questions. First of all, what kind of work did you do? If you enjoyed it, I want to know, did you, what, what did you do? As uh, You said you worked uh, during your uh, earlier adult life. Yeah, I got a degree, but I didn't do anything with it. And I had, I, it's very strange. I mean, I, I got into a really important institution and I didn't go, I didn't have support and people didn't encourage me and I got a degree but I didn't I didn't feel like using it or know what to do with it and I just looked for a basic like whatever job was in front of me mm-hmm. and it seemed like everyone wanted to hire women to be secretaries, and I ended up doing that, and that actually was the kind of job that I liked the very least. Oh, huh. um, well, I what would really you have wanted to have done? And, yeah, what, 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 what did you, what, if you could have done anything, what would you have wanted to do? I'm not sure. The problem is I like a lot of different things. About the only thing I don't really like is... Um, office work. Oh, that's um, the very I, thing you did. Okay. 
I got mm-hmm. into the Air Force Academy. I thought, I love adventure. Like adventure, oh my I score really high on adventure, but if I take tests for anything else, they always come out confusing, like I don't really fit anywhere. Mm-hmm. But I do score super high on adventure, and I got into the Air Force Academy, and I was afraid to go because I figured out um, the friend... Uh, the person that they, the academy hooked me up with to, who was already in it, his mm-hmm. parents were, like, super supportive, and they wrote him a letter every day. And when I talked to my relatives, I could tell that, that they wouldn't, har- they would mm-hmm. hardly be there, and that's exactly what happened to me even when I went to college. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. for some reason, I felt like if I left, I would leave everything that I had. And I didn't want to leave and be alone. And I now I wished I would have left because I was alone anyway. And okay. Yes. I get that. Okay. And um, it's interesting. I had a so somebody uh, texted me. I, I, I didn't expect to have an iPad that all of a sudden it said. God loves her. This is this is someone I know. She said, God loves her. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. Uh, and she wants you, when you wake up early in the morning, to say it. You know, uh, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. So you have a supporter you don't even know. And I, and I normally don't <laughs> even talk about that. But, you know, the thing is... Um, God has given you the last third of your life, and it can be an adventure. You know, uh, the actuarials for women, uh, we're talking about 90. I mean, you're, you're talking about 30, 30. Okay, if, you're, if you're basically 59 right now, uh, that's what I broke mm-hmm. down. Uh, and uh, so I think the issue is we need to focus on God's purpose for you now. Mm-hmm. Your purpose in life. And what this means is, when you think about purpose, what uh, what would you say God's highest purpose for you would be? Or for anyone? For me? Or for, for what, 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 what would yeah, What would God's highest purpose be? I think, I guess it would be to care about others and and help. Aren't we supposed to all help each other get get through life um, and to and to witness to others about Him? The Bible definitely says, "Bear one another's burdens," and then this way you fulfill the law of Christ. And yes, to share to witness and so let me ask this if I were to tell you what God's highest purpose is for you I'm going to ask you would you naturally care about others care for others and and share and witness Um, the highest purpose is found in and most people have never thought about it this way uh, it is found in Romans 829 God's highest purpose is you see it you are predestined to be conformed to the character of Christ 
-hmm. You are predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. So, let me ask, if you truly are more and more conformed to the character of Christ, would you care, express care for others? I would think so. Yes, absolutely. And would you, would you witness, would you share with others if you were conformed to the character of Christ? I would think so. Yes, you're exactly right. So, putting first things first, the highest purpose for you is growing in the character of Christ. Again, based on Romans 8, 29. And what you would look at other purposes. You don't have just one purpose. Some of your purposes would change. For example, you had a daddy, but he died when you were three. And, it, you know, the, the scripture that says, honor your father and mother. You would honor your father. Well, that purpose would change because of the change in life of his death. But what you see is there are ways to look at what purposes do you have now. People, it's like you want to see a target. The target, and I know you would understand this, if you're aiming toward a target, there are rings around that target, and the middle is the bullseye. Mm -hmm. And that target means, that that's the target for transformation. And so, when you begin to see, okay, I see right now the way God has made me, I, I want to have the right target for me. And that's exactly what you want. Uh, by the way, do you um, I, 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 do you have any children? I do not. I'm married okay. very late, and my husband didn't didn't like children. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, I and I heard that you were basically unequally yoked uh, in many ways. So, <clears throat> what, yes. But uh, there would be certain. Uh, purposes that you would have if you had, if you had children. You, you see that. Well, there are those of us um, who don't have children, and yet there are going to be people that could be put into your life where he will want you to be. It can be a type of surrogate. Uh, it could be a person where you will be an answer to prayer. For a friend, you, someone who, there will be, the Bible talks about, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Now, who in your life, do you have anyone in your life that you are close to, drawn to, care about? Um, I cared about my sister, um, mm. and I did care about my mother, mm -hmm. and 
ever since then, it's very hard for me to care about anyone, but I do have someone in my life that I care about that I helped. Um, I still struggle to connect, mm-hmm. but I, I have a, there was a child, actually two children, who lived in another country, third world country, mm-hmm. who I sponsored, and I sent one to college, oh. and she moved to the United States, and actually I have a a good relationship with her, and I try to help her, and she also um, struggles with the same thing I do. Um, mm-hmm. Her father left, mm. and her mother, her mother it was very hard for her to mm-hmm. handle her life, and I think that that my friend, um, she feels responsible for her mother, and she feels a lot of burden, and she also feels um, distrust for people. Mm-hmm. She feels like she'll never marry because she can't trust anyone, and um, she also feels depressed, and I... It's very strange because we both have similar problems, but she's half my age, and I try to encourage her. Good. But she tells me the same thing that I feel about myself. She just tells me, I only live to take care of my mom, and I don't Mm -hmm. don't have any hope. And I, I think it's very strange because I don't know if God has put us in each other's lives to help each other, but sometimes I feel like we're both barely keeping uh-huh. our heads above water and she and she and I had both agreed that it's hard for us to encourage each other when we're both struggling and sad you know if we're both depressed it's hard for us to um, to try to give the other one hope when, but when, let me ask when, this does she trust you I think she does I think she would based on everything you said. You know, <clears throat> remember I said you can be a person's answer to prayer? Uh, the Bible says it is more blessed to give than receive. I have a relative whose mother has rejected her, and all of a sudden I'm kind of it. I, I, and, and I can't understand why this relative rejects her own daughter but you know this is kind of a similar thing that you and I both have with this younger person and so I want you to realize your role could be survival for her and for you to pour your efforts be conscious of that if you want us to talk more about how to build relationships we can do that because I think you have so much so much to give We will send our keys for living called loneliness, how to be alone but not lonely. Also, purpose in life, pinpointing your priorities. We'll send those along to tonight's caller. We do that free of charge. That's because of your generous support of our ministry. And if you'd like to give to keep these resources going out and to keep this program on the air, you may do so at hopefortheheart.org slash donate. And we thank you. You may order resources for yourself at 800-488-HOPE anytime, Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. And our materials and recent programs are available at hopefortheheart.org. Also find our programs wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Until next time, for June Hunt, I'm Jeff Oliver saying you hang on to hope. The preceding program was pre-recorded.